Hello and welcome to this PJ Live CPD podcast. In this episode, we speak to Jay Lasco of Golf Simulators. I'm doing excellent. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on today. No worries at all, Jay. And this is something, Jay, that's become very popular probably over the last 10 years in terms of technology now and instructing with technology. So we're going to pick your brains. We're going to talk technology and what your likes are, what our members should be looking at and maybe paying attention to from the, the big brands, the orange box to the little ones and everything in between. So before we get to that, Jay, can we just kind of deep dive into yourself? How did you get involved in the industry and, and your journey into golf? Absolutely. I'd love to share that. And like I said, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. So uh, it goes back to when I was a kid. Um, I was, you know, lucky enough to have parents that were involved in golf. And, uh, you know, I was, I was very young. I mean, I started out, you know, uh, in the putting group all the way to the one holder, three holder and, and on up and uh, definitely was an addiction. I was, I was fortunate enough uh, to be dropped off at our club when I wanted to, and I could go out there and play as many holes as I wanted to. And, um, you know, just, just fell in love with the game and, and got to play it a lot when I was younger. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, past kind of changed and, uh, you know, I didn't really follow golf much in late high school. Um, but I ended up going to Ferris state university in big rapids, Michigan, where I would find out, uh, that all kinds of PGA guys were there. They have a professional golf management program and, uh, you know, met all kinds of different people from across the country that, uh, were set out, you know, to be, you know, professional, uh, golfers or, you know, get into, you know, whether it be instruction or running golf clubs, you know, any, any type of golf management. So, uh, met some great people, you know, uh, all kinds of great relationships, a ton of them that I still talk to today. Um, so that, that was a, an awesome experience. Got to play quite a bit of golf in college. Um, lucky enough to walk on to some amazing courses with those guys. Um, you know, as a college student, not being able to maybe pay for some expensive rounds, that was a, another privilege that I'm very thankful of. Uh, and then after uh, college, I actually uh, got into the car business, family business, um, you know, really, really busy for, you know, a handful of years, wasn't able to play golf at all, you know, kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. And things settled back down and, and I got back into it heavy. You know, the love was back. I had some time and, uh, I come from a background of a lot of technology. So uh, IT technology, um, computer technology, cameras, I'm into a, a lot of it. And uh, I use it on, you know, not only a work professional side, but also on a hobby side. So, um, you know, I had a, a, a wealth of experience in, in this category. And so when I got back into golf, uh, and this was probably a little over 10 years ago, let's say, um, I was, you know, kind of seeing a few little things out there and, you know, was kind of fascinated on, on where they were going. And, you know, so I started to do my research and sure enough, found, uh, you know, a golf simulator company um, that would install a golf simulator in my house. And so about 10 years ago, uh, installed uh, my first golf simulator. It was an HD golf simulator. And uh, it, I was I was addicted. I mean, honestly, uh, when you're addicted to golf and you're a tech guy and then you have a golf simulator in your house, it almost becomes a problem. And uh, so at that point in time, I mean, I was just fascinated with it all. You know, um, not only was I playing myself with my family, but also, you know, with the guys that I knew in the industry, um, you know, they became fascinated with it because, uh, frankly, a lot of PGA professionals don't have technology. Um, you know, it's getting more popular, but it's, it's shocking even today, you know, I'd love to know a percentage that actually do. And so one of them uh, was a flight scope representative, actually. Um, and, you know, he said, hey, I'm going down to the PGA show. And supposedly, they're going to have this new device called the Mevo Plus. 
And, uh, you know, why don't I, I bring that back, uh, you know, and, and you can test it out and everything. And so sure enough, I got my hands on like the first ever Mio plus, like no one, no one had one then. And we talked and he said, you know, you know, so much about all the ins and outs of, of all this technology projectors and, you know, how, how does it all work? And, you know, everything he's like, you should, you know, uh, consult. And I said, you know, you should, you know, we kind of went back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing a couple of videos on YouTube and, uh, I mean, they were, they were really just kind of, you know, setback, easy videos. And then it just took off from there. I mean, uh, everybody wanted to see more and I, you know, I, I saw the opportunity and for the love of golf and, and wanting to help people, I was shocked how many PGA professionals and, uh, you know, different, you know, uh, whether it be someone that works at a club that's, that's, you know, looking to put a simulator in their golf club for wintertime, they were all reaching out, looking for help. And, uh, you know, I was, I was willing to help them. And, you know, it, I, the level of respect went both ways so much. They were so appreciative that I, I wanted to continue on. So I tried to, you know, raise up. I was, you know, coming from the tech background. I, I knew how to make good videos and edit and everything. Um, and that's kind of where the channel was born, um, you know. But during that time period, it was nice having such a, a huge jumpstart on knowing all the simulators, you know, in the space, how the technology worked, the difference between radar and camera and everything else. And so I was really able to dive in fast. And uh, I know a lot about YouTube. <laughs> so I was able to, to grow that, you know, at an exponential rate. And then here we are today. I mean, uh, you know, 20,000 plus subscribers, millions of views, uh, talking to people all across the globe, you know, uh, no different than how you found the channel, I'm sure. Um, and it's just been a, a wild ride and, you know, having such a love for golf and technology, uh, I, I just couldn't be happier doing it. And what, and what I love about the channel, like you said, when I, when I stumbled across it was that you're very impartial and, and there's, there's so many simulators, so much technology out there now, and you could be favorable to one, but what I like about your channel, you give each device a chance. And you, you give us the pros, the cons to that device and look at price point and, how hard is that for you? Have manufacturers kind of approached you and said that, can you push our device? Or is that something, one of your traits that you are very clear with? I'm going to keep it quite impartial. I'm going to keep it quite to, to respect the viewers that are watching the content. Yeah, so uh, that's a, a great question. And, you know, that's something that, you know, uh, a lot of people have have asked that, you know, they said, well, what, what's your favorite, you know? Um, and I said, honestly, I don't necessarily have a favorite. I enjoy testing the wide array of them and they fit to each person such on such an individual level. That's kind of what made me impartial, like you said, to where I wanted to show everything because I mean, you're talking about devices from a few hundred dollars to tens of thousands of dollars. And, you know, I thought that it would give the best experience to the viewer, you know, to really see it all. And that's what I try to do. You know, it, uh, I do some comparisons Kind of head to head if i if i know it's a good comparison where the devices don't interfere that's always a a, a worry for me is i don't want to to demonstrate something and have a device have possible interference where it's not given its best shot you know so i do some head to head comparisons but a lot of them are just demonstrations mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just showing you how it is i mean i grab this unit i show you how i set it up and uh some people don't notice but the videos are uncut um, I, I do not edit the video. I mean, it's a, a one-time record. And I think that's built a lot of trust in the viewer that they're, you, Hey, what I'm showing you is, is what's going on here. You know, it could be different in your environment. And I try to point that out. Um, but I always make sure I talk about the technology itself and, and what it should be capable of and what I'm seeing. I share the data right on the screen rather than just kind of announcing some numbers. Um, you know, I display the data so they can see that, you know, I'm not uh, misleading anyone in any way. And, you know, the OEMs, 
have, have been fantastic. Um, I work with a ton of them and, uh, you know, I, I try to keep in close communication with them because I want to share feedback, not only from myself, but from all the users in the channel that reach out, um, mm-hmm. so they can improve products. And I don't try to favor one over another. Um, you know, I try to share the feedback with, with all of them and give them their equal opportunity. And, you know, the ones that have top tier technology or the latest and greatest, or, you know, some new feature coming out, they, they're going to stand apart on their own, you know, their, their product and software and features. Um, when I show them, they're going to earn their own audience based on what it is. Um, so I don't, I don't need to be impartial. I don't need to push one more than the other. I, I, I'd really try to space them out and cover everything as it comes out. And uh, I think it's worked out well. I think that's why the channel's grown. Yeah, exactly that. For, for our members out there, maybe just kind of coming into technology, what's the difference for you between the radar and the camera systems? What what's the kind of benefits of either? Or is does one work better outdoors? Does one work better indoors? So that is something that is uh, you know a very very popular question I get asked, and you know they're very unique. So camera systems have the ability to uh, measure things in a very small window. You know depending on it could be a single camera system or a dual or you know like the GC Quad is quadroscopic it has four cameras and it's really close to the ball in the club. Um, so they can just understand they can all be set up different. You know, if cameras are further away, they might have more challenges. Um, if they're sitting on the side, maybe they don't have a perspective that one from above does, you know, so they, they can be all a little bit different, but uh, cameras definitely have an advantage indoor. Um, they can read in a very short space. Um, as long as you can basically swing a golf club safely, most of them will allow you to uh, set them up in that space um, versus a radar unit is tracking the ball. It's, it's actually looking at the club and a lot of them take uh, you know, certain space to work in properly. All right. Some of them can work in smaller spaces, but there can be some more challenges. Um, as far as indoor goes with radar, some of them can encounter interference, whether it be heavy metal or loud fans, things on those lines. Um, for putting, uh, they usually require like a smooth, longer rollout because the radar is watching the ball roll in a long distance. And then camera, generally, most of them can read that putt within just a few feet. So we went between either a foot or, or two feet. It's getting this, the ball speed, the ball direction. It's getting all of that measured in a small distance. So um, then on the positive side for radar, when you're looking to go outside and actually track a ball for full flight, it can do that. And, uh, you know, where a camera system, even though a lot of them will work outdoor and they actually do a great job, they actually have a little benefit that a lot of people look at. It's called normalization mm-hmm. where they're going to give you, you know, all of that, those data points without the wind factor, but some of them have a built-in barometer and a thermometer. So that calculation they're doing is actually going to give you a somewhat realistic result based on the temperature it's reading, the elevation you're sitting at. Um, but, it's not going to see the flight of the ball. So when you're out there at the range, if you're using a radar device, it's doing full ball tracking. There are radars that do uh, shorter, but like the Mevo Plus is a limited flight radar versus if you take the FlightScope X3 or TrackMan 4, it's a full flight radar. Um, they're going to give you probably the most accurate carry outside in that real condition, which some people want to see if they have a nice steady five to 10 mile per hour headwind, they want to see an effect of a ball, you know, when you're out on the course and you have similar wind, it's going to give you a good idea of that, you know, so there's a lot of benefits. Uh, they sit behind the golfer. So when you're outside, you know, right or left-handed golfers on the center line, you don't have to move it back and forth. Um, you know, where indoor, depending on the camera unit that you have, if it sits on the side, 
and you have a left-handed golfer, you might have to move it back and forth. If it's an overhead camera unit or it sits kind of in the sides of uh, the screen, you're not going to have to move it back and forth. So there are a lot of those little factors that you have to consider. And, and honestly, the list probably goes on from there. I don't want to get kind of too intricate mm -hmm. and lose people, but uh, you know, there are positives and negatives, if you want to call it that, or pros and cons to probably every unit out there. Um, and a lot of it starts with budget and a lot of it starts with your space or whether it be indoor, outdoor is your primary use. And then, you know, we're talking to the PGA community today. Uh, I really have to think you, you, you need to understand what you need for your service. So are, mm -hmm. are you just a golf coach working on swings? Um, and maybe you only need ball data or maybe limited club data, or are you a club fitter? And you're looking, you know, for you need advanced club data, you're working on something specific, you're going to have to ask yourself those questions and also the environment you're going to be using in so you get the right device and results. Mm. And you touched on it there a little bit, Jay, around budget. What was your perception, your thoughts on budget devices? Is it something like you said, it's that dependence on that person's price point, but also what they do, how they coach? Is, is that something that you would go for maybe as an entry level to kind of test the water with technology at these budget devices? So it's, yeah, that's a conversation that comes up a lot. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people that reach out are like high school coaches, you know, mm -hmm. teams, and they're very limited on budget. They might be paying some of it out of their pocket. And then you also have guys that are, you know, sitting at a golf club and, and they're limited. They, they, you know, they only have so much to work with. I would actually say you should strongly look at an entry-level device, you know, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, there are devices as low as like the Garmin R10 unit um, that's only $599 US, uh, you know, and it's giving some, some decent results. I think that uh, you have to understand that there's going to be a larger margin of error. It's doing a lot more calculating. But when you step up kind of in that, that more entry-level, uh, low mid-end, like uh, a SkyTrack unit, or Amiibo Plus unit, or now the Bushnell Launch Pro, um, even full swing, their units coming in a little higher than those, but I think it's $4,000. Those units are actually providing a very decent level of accuracy. And they're providing a lot of uh, useful software and understanding, you know, where you can even have fun with students. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these coaches I'm talking to that are working with junior golfers, when they can take a Evo Plus and throw it down, connect it to Awesome Golf, which is a very affordable software, and they have games where they can get these junior golfers out hitting boats in the water. Um, they're seeing amazing results. The parents are like, Joey had so much fun. You know, it, uh, he wants to come back, you know, and, and, and as we all know, if you've been in, in the golf industry long enough, that's so important for the success of the industry is to keep these young golfers engaged. I mean, I have kids of my own and that's what they want to do. They want to have fun. And that's mm -hmm. how you get them to love the game and grow, you know, into the next level. So um, I think that whether it be on, on, on that level of things, where it be kids and fun, or it be simple as having some data to talk to your student and better understand, you know, what's going on with the golf swing, what's causing the ball to take off a certain direction, what's causing the curvature. Um, it, it really elevates the experience. And honestly, it makes the coaching more efficient. I was just talking to a friend of mine that that's a PGA professional and, you know, he's using a higher end unit. Don't get me wrong. He's using a GC quad, but he said, this has just changed everything for me. Um, mm. You know, he's like, I can get some quick data and we're already working into this lesson uh, earlier than I normally would if I was just to watch so many golf swings and assume what's going on. Um, I'm doing it without video, uh, you know, and we're getting more accomplished in a short period of time. And of course, even if it's an entry level unit you have, if you're providing more, let's say for the junior golfers, ever may be, there's more value 
I mean, your, your rate should go up. You, you have, you've invested in this equipment and you're providing more to your, you know, clients uh, or students and uh, it, it deserves a higher rate and it's probably going to be a return on your investment. Mm. And, and for that transition for the member who maybe works indoors, works outdoors, what's the battery life on some of these devices like, Jay? Is some of them better than others? Yeah, so the battery life is going to vary. Um, it depends on what you have, but here's where that almost becomes not an issue. There are so many excellent portable batteries that are hitting mm -hmm. the market out there that no matter what device you have, there is a solution. So yes, there are going to be some that are from a few hours and some that are going to be six to eight hours. Uh, but if you have one that let's say is only a few hours, you can go out and, you know, there's these anchor brands and different brands where uh, you can bring one or two of those out to the range and it's going to give you a day of coaching. I mean, you have plenty. And then there's even, uh, if you want to bring out a laptop and you really want to get some power, they're now even making these uh, portable batteries that will give you enough power to run a laptop, a launch monitor, and maybe charge your iPhone for an eight hour day. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's excellent. So I wouldn't tell anyone to, you know, worry about battery life. Just know that there's solutions out there. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. For you, who's been there from day one with designing and putting a simulator together, what are some of the kind of pitfalls that you came across or you've experienced when, when people have talked to you about building an indoor studio? Well, I think that it, it always starts with space and budget. I mean, it, it really does. And I know we've touched on those a little bit, um, you know, but let's just say we take the space and even throw budget out the window. I don't care how much money you have. If you don't have the proper space for a certain unit, it, it doesn't matter. So I would, I would always just look at your footprint and I'll kind of give some people some rough, you know, measurements on what I think is like an ideal, you know, single bay simulator. So a 15 foot wide space is going to allow you to have a center T-strike location for a right and left-handed golfer. So that means you're going to put the ball in the middle. And when a right or left-handed golfer goes to hit that ball, you're going to clear a club on both sides uh, without any worry. Um, if you want it a little bit wider, that's great. But just know that, you know, 15 is a nice safe spot. Um, you can, however, go down to, I'm going to say like as low as I've seen people, you know, go maybe 12 feet, whatever it may be. And they call that an offset position. So that's where the ball is actually off to the side and the software, even a lot, most software allows you to take the center line that you're hitting from and move it over because you're now standing, you know, with the ball, let's say three feet off from the side of the room. Um, and you can be in an offset bay like that. So don't let that steer you away. Just, just because I said 15 feet wide, but I, ideally you'd love to have a center strike position that way, if you had a right or left-handed golfer hitting from the middle. Um, now, as far as ceiling height goes, this is going to vary a little bit because if you have a really tall golfer in there, you risk a club going higher. Um, I feel like 10 feet is like kind of optimal. I've had some pretty tall people in, you know, in the GSV studio and we've never had an issue. So um, depending on how you have everything configured in there, 10 feet's nice. A lot of people are at nine. I know people as low as like eight, you know, uh, some, some guys are doing whatever they can to, you know, cut out of space and clear clubs and everything, but <laughs> just know that, that those are some good guides. And then your depth, um, one, it's going to have a lot to do with safety. I mean, I understand if you put a camera unit down, uh, it's going to read a two foot window. Let's say you could hit a ball essentially in a space that almost a driver hits from the back to the front, but you're going to have a ball bouncing back at you, you know, et cetera. So, um, the, the guideline really is that from that ball seven feet behind is kind of a safe measure 
for most drivers, you know, irons, whatever, you're gonna, you're gonna clear space. It's not gonna feel too tight in there. Um, and then as far as from the ball to either the net or the screen, eight feet's kind of like a minimal distance, especially for uh, most radars, they're gonna need at least eight feet, probably preferable 10 or 12. If you can, for a lot of radars, it's gonna help. Um, but the comfortable, comfortable space I've found is from the ball to the screen is right about 10 feet. Uh, it still feels immersive, uh, when you're playing simulation golf, but it is enough distance to where nobody's kind of worried those first handful of shots that a ball is going to come back. And, you know, there's this thing out there called indoor swing syndrome, and you just don't want, you know, somebody coming to your simulator for the first time, they're paying a premium for a lesson, let's say, and they just can't make a normal swing. So, you know, just be mindful of that when you're setting up your space, if you're, if you're going all in and, and you're going to be coaching people and, and there's going to be a higher hourly rate, give them a comfortable space to work in. You don't want them to feel like they're, they're, they're too, uh, you know, constrained in there and it could affect, you know, their results. Yeah. I love that with the additional information, what you've got and what you've given us there, what kind of other tech would you go for? So that the kind of the, the mats, the projector, the, the computer, is there any kind of certain specifications that you'd follow there? So it, it's really going to vary. Um, you know, the availability out there as far as turf and mats and everything go right now, um, it's getting better. I think that the synthetic products are getting better. I actually just did a pro uh, project with a company called Sinlon here in Michigan, and it's amazing how far everything has come. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are options for everybody, but if you're in a commercial space, I'll kind of give that warning out here now that there may be some softer type options out there. But if you're going to be in a high volume environment, you probably want to look at more of a commercial type mat. It's not going to be as forgiving, uh, but, you know, this person's coming in for an hour. They can probably handle a couple fat shots on that type of mat. And yet you're not going to be blowing this thing out, you know, every couple months. So um, I think you need a very good stance mat. Don't get anything that's, you know, uh, too soft. It needs to be kind of a nice firm stance mat. And then, like I said, be mindful of that hitting area, something that's going to last you a decent amount of time, but is quality, you know, it's not going to be given off, you know, uh, shreds of material and everything. Um, and then as far as other components go, a screen is very important because, uh, you know, the nicer the screen, they have a lot of these triple layer screens out there. They're quieter. They're softer. So they absorb the ball more. You don't get as much bounce back. So like I said, once again, we're kind of going back into that comfortable feeling. Someone's yeah. never been here. They're scared to hit a ball into a screen. Um, there are other things you can put up like curtains in case you get a stray ball, they'll grab, you know, grab the ball, uh, baffles you can hang on your ceiling, uh, that, that could grab a high wedge shot, whatever it may be. Um, so all that, you know, is pretty important, uh, projector, you know, here's another budget thing. Uh, I, I understand that you don't need a $5,000 4k projector, <laughs> you know, I mean, I show some of them in the channel, they're amazing. And do a bunch of people buy them? Yes. But there is some awesome, you know, 1080p decent lumens, um, you know, projector that you can put in a golf simulator and have a pretty darn good image. Uh, you know, it's actually that professional I was just talking to, you know, he has just an entry level enclosure with a projector that I think was like 600 or $700 US used on eBay. And he's knocking out lessons all day long. Mm -hmm. And the people love it and it works just great. So, you know, just, you know, understand that you can make things work. And what I always tell people is if you can build a foundation, if you can build that room, you get the cords set up, the power, you know, the turf, whatever it may be, you can always swap out these components and upgrade at any time. And that's something I should really touch on as far as launch monitors go. When you're looking at them, you know, some of them you can buy without club data. 
And so you can get into this launch monitor, get solid ball data. And then when you know, you're starting to make some money from lessons, you can add club data or you can add putting data or additional, you know, whatever it may be for that launch monitor um, might be software. So, uh, you know, know that you might want to keep an eye on, on something that you can get into at a certain price that has add-ons available and it might help your, you know, budget plan. I told people you were going to be good, Jay. Absolutely blowing, <laughs> blowing me away, sir. Blowing me away. And that's the, that's the key because it's an expense, isn't it? It's a huge expense. That, or this could be a huge expense for members yeah. out there. And you've got to get it right because, as you said, if you don't have the right space or the unit to fit the space, you've wasted a lot of money and you've got to do a lot of adjustments. But keep in mind, it, it's an investment, you know, and uh, trust me, uh, this local pro that spent probably close to $20,000, you know, on, on the unit he has, I mean, I think he was nervous, you know, he, he, it was an investment for him and he branched out on his own, you know, he was working at a golf club at the time and he's booked solid, you know, Monday through Friday. And it took, took some time. It took some awareness. He had to send emails out and kind of get the referrals coming and everything else. But one thing that I'll point out that he told me just the other day that, that really resonated was that he's seeing a higher rate of rebookings than he's ever seen before. And that I think is huge. So these people want more. They're seeing data, they're coming back, they're working on different things. He was telling me how he'll even set up, uh, you know, some drills for them and he'll find out that, you know, Hey, from 60 yards in, you're actually pretty bad you're missing a lot, you know, you're distant, you can't hit 60 yards, but from a hundred, I noticed you're hitting the green every time you should start laying up to hundred yards until we can get your short game a little more dialed in. So he's giving them strategy and they're seeing it um, all kinds of neat things. Uh, another thing he shared with me that I thought was really cool is, is that what you can't do on a range outdoor is that he'll turn the projector off and he'll say, Hey, I want you to hit five of this, five of this, and five of this. And then they'll, you know, turn the projector back on, he'll show them the data and they'll be pulling everything to the left, let's say. And what would happen is if he did that with the projector on, or if you were out at a range, our natural instinct is to try to correct the balls that are going left. Mm -hmm. So I'm an amateur, you know, I think that this is what's going on and he doesn't want that. He wants to see their natural swing and then he's going to show them what's going on. They're going to make changes and then he makes those changes and then they see the results and it's, it becomes addicting as a player. It really does. And it's great for the coach to be able to give that value and they walk away with more understanding. And uh, it's, it's really fascinating. Absolutely amazing. Love it. You're, on your channel, Jay, you've done a lot of videos away from the simulators as well, more towards the, the other technology that's coming apparent, such as put view. How far is that going to go, do you think? Are we, are we moving more into the short game side of simulation now as well? You know, I, I, I think we are. Uh, Putt View is another piece of technology that uh, I was I saw it for the first time and then I kind of talked to the founders and uh, was was very interested. And but at the same time, I was uh, almost, uh, I don't know, timid to, to, to really think if it was going to help my game or not. And I even had people reach out after that said, hey, you can't transfer those lines to the course. You know, that's a, that's a big investment when you can't take it out on the course and actually apply it. And so I got it and started using it a lot. And I covered all the different drills and everything. And what I try to do, which I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to have that, that a lot of people can't, is I try to go down and just hit like 20 or 30 putts, like every other day, if I can, you know, like I'm lucky if I do that, but let's just say that I could get down there and I could just, you know, hit 30 putts, you know, every, every few days. Um, I'm working on my setup. 
I'm working on these putts that actually matter for most people inside 10 feet, not out there hitting putts that, you know, you're, you're wishful thinking of sinking 20 foot putts. And when I go out on the course now, I visualize more. I actually feel myself looking at my feet and saying, you know, like this feels a little different. Like I'm not lined up right where before I would kind of walk up to my ball and just feel comfortable and maybe hit it. And I think it's got me thinking more. So as much as, you know, the one guy that made that comment, I I actually appreciated that he made it. The lines do transfer to the course because you, you have instinct. You remember what it looks like and what it feels like when you're putting your feet on those lines every single time. That way, my, for instance, what I, what the biggest thing it helped me with is I would uh, have the ball too centered in my stance. And I noticed my angle of attack on putting was, was, was poor. I was working with my coach on this and we had, uh, we had a launch monitor and putt view both is what we were doing. And we were hitting putts and we made some adjustments. We slid my feet over a little bit and changed some things. And, uh, I, I, I can apply it on the course. My putts are rolling better. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Puff View. I really am. And I think that there's a lot of other technology out there that uh, is going to start cap, you know, capturing all of that data and applying it not only for coaching, but maybe it is for an amateur user. Um, and, you know, between like TrackMan and I think GC Quad are the two probably most popular, they provide putting data. And mm-hmm. these coaches that may have never even really given a putting lesson other than some basics are now looking at, you know, path and face and angle of attack and all, all these data points and actually really fitting people for a putter or, or giving them some big changes that are helping them, you know, get a, a smoother roll, a, a more consistent stroke, whatever it may be. And uh, they don't need a, whatever it is, $20,000 high, high end, you know, uh, putting system to do that. So it's, it's really cool where things are going in that end. Amazing. You talked about where there, where things are going. A lot of our colleagues within the PJ went to the show this year and they said it was just full of simulation and full of technology, how the times have changed from the big manufacturers now to the, the, the simulation and the technology being a part of that. What's next, Jay? What, what trends are you seeing maybe in the next few years and, and what, what, what are we going to be seeing and what are we going to be using? So the biggest trend I would have to say that I'm seeing right now is, is that you're seeing commercial facilities open up. Uh, They're opening up not only for entertainment, but also instruction and even your golf clubs or even your golf courses are starting to put these in their facilities and now starting to golf year round. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I talk to these guys all the time. I mean, it's a revenue stream for them. They're giving lessons in the wintertime when normally they would be doing nothing. Um, They actually have people doing leagues at their golf courses and clubs and, you know, they're buying food, they're buying drinks. They're at the club year round. They were closed for several of these months before it's now a a revenue source. They paid Mm -hmm. these things off. I mean, they're, they're making good money. And uh, so I I think that's a, a a big, big, you know, movement. Um, I think that in the PGA world, you know, whether you're a coach, uh, an instructor, you know, kind of the same thing, but whether you work at a golf course or golf club, I think that more and more are going to understand that this technology is going to make their work easier. It's going to make golf fun. It's going to get people more involved. And I think that things are just going to get hypercharged. I think you have a lot of a lot of great OEMs in the space. They're inventors. I mean, they are uh, innovators of, of, you know, measuring data and they all want to do it better and better. And they're going to, you know, take the software and progress it. I mean, you see how we're, you know, games and everything are going, whether it be mm-hmm. PlayStation and Xbox. Well, what do you think they're going to do with golf simulation? It's going to follow the same thing. They want it to be as real as it gets. 
They want to have, you know, fun experiences. And I think that you're going to see just kind of a whole new category of golf. You know, it, uh, not, not that you don't have it now, but I'm talking on more of a widespread, you know, area. If you look at some of these uh, OEMs that are doing these virtual leagues online, mm -hmm. they even have professional leagues where it's, it's a thousand dollars to join and you can go out and play at a facility. That's a registered facility. And that way, you know, everything's within the rules. Let's, let's, let's call it. But uh, I mean, this is, this is the real deal. I mean, you saw some, you know, COVID was a blessing in disguise you know, for, for this industry and, and where technology was, I mean, the, the sales just took off, the interest took off, people were stuck indoor. And, and now I think they're going to be able to transition that to everyday life and everyday work. And it's, it's, it's really awesome. It grabbed everyone's attention that probably, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get those, those people's attention nearly as easy before. Uh, so a little blessing in disguise there, but yeah, I see some great things coming. I think that you're going to get data points that you've never seen before, you know, as far as the coaching and instruction side, uh, the ease of use is huge. I think they, they all understand that people want to be able to use an iPhone or iPad and just go into any space and set something down and be able to use it, whether it be out in the range or in, in your facility. So I think it's going to get easier. I think they're working on trying to make things more affordable. I mean, you know, you're talking about systems uh, back in the day, you know, when FlightScope introduced their radar in the mid nineties, uh, I think the lowest price one was close to 10 grand. And then they're like flagship flagship unit was a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, come on, who's, who's mm -hmm. doing that maybe other than a major club manufacturer. And now you have units giving you precise data. Uh, you know, let's call it in the three to you know $10,000 range per precise data. And uh, you can do club fitting with a lot of these units. And that's just, that's amazing. It shows you where it's going. Yeah. You touched there on where it's going. Have you experienced VR yet of, of the kind of virtual reality stuff and, and how, how is that maybe going to change golf as well? So I have done VR uh, in, in various cases, you know, in the, the, the gaming world, I've tried it, um, you know, kind of in the virtual reality space world. And I've even messed around with, uh, uh, what is it, uh, the, the PGA 2K21 mm -hmm. yeah. uh, video, you know, well, you can actually do virtual reality for that. It's, it's interesting where you're, you're standing in the course and, and looking around. I, I don't know if you could quite apply that you know, to the, the, the simulation space, because I just think of like spatial disorientation and mm -hmm. not being able to really see what's going on. I think there could be some fun things going with it. I thought it was pretty cool where flight scope was going with that augmented reality. Um, you know, I, 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 once again, how it can be applied, I, I, my, my finger's not quite on it yet, but it, you can see what they're trying to do. I mean, these people are innovators. They're, they're looking for the next thing. They're trying to embrace everything that's, that's available out there. And yeah, I think you're going to see some of that and uh, where it exactly will end up. I can't tell you today, you know, <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to see the future, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited and I'll be following it closely. So, you know, make sure you subscribe to the channel because if it's new, innovative and uh, cool odds are we're going to be covering it. And that's where I was just about to say, if you're interested, you've enjoyed the conversation as much as I have today, um, go and check out Jay's channel. It's Golf Simulator videos, um, absolutely superb content on there. And as I said at the start of the conversation, what I love about the channel, it's impartial, it's informative. And as Jay said, he's going to give you all the latest information in a way that you can digest and then make a decision on your technology purchases as well. So Jay, thank you so much for your time. And again, thank you for everything you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. Keep it going. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you having me on and I'd love to be a part of anything in the future. Super. Jay, thank you so much again. And thank you everybody out there for listening and we'll see you again soon.